Have you noticed how much things have changed since you became a mum? Do you feel as though you're the only one struggling to adjust to this new norm? Can you no longer see clearly the things that felt so transparent before? Well friend, you are not alone, and we are here to invite you into our mummy village so that you always have somewhere to turn and a place where you belong. Together, we will try and bring to light the common struggles of the modern Orthodox mama and delve into scripture in the hope of navigating through all of our doubts on this new and exciting journey. So come as you are and open your heart and mind to embrace the transformation God has in store for you. Hello everybody and welcome back to another very special episode of Mommy because today we are joined by Laura and Madonna who some of you may know um, from the Raising Up Cops podcast all the way over in the States. Um, so we are so, so lucky to have them both with us today um, and we are going to be tackling the tricky topic together um, about the fear of pregnancy and parenting. But before we do that, um, we want you guys to meet these lovely, lovely ladies. Um, and thank you both of you for giving up your very early morning <laughs> to spend this time with us. Um, so Laura, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, you own um, Coptic Dad and Mum, you're an author, um, and you're also married to an Abona and you've got your own beautiful family. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, so I was trained as a high school English teacher and uh, thank God I'm able to do that these days. And I also love to write. So I, I turned that writing into a blog called Coptic Dad and Mom, which turned into books, uh, which you know, I began to publish and now other people bring me their books like Madonna to, to publish and share with the world. Um, but I just try to find any way possible to use whatever talents I have to serve our community. I feel like uh, we have so many needs and so many talents and I, I love encouraging people to share their talents, whatever they are. So uh, that's a little bit about me. Uh, Abuna and I serve here in Jacksonville, Florida at the Church of St. Damiana. We have a, a lovely congregation that's uh, small compared to most people. We're about 180 families, and that makes us a very cozy community that we all really, really know each other and, uh, and love to care for each other. And so I'm also blessed to have Madonna as a partner in, uh, in much of what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Madonna, you're also an author and a podcaster and a mom. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and also a bit about how your podcast came to be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am married to somebody in the active, uh, he's active duty in the U.S. Army. And so we kind of bounce around a lot in different places. So in the U.S. Army, every three years, you're required to move to a different location. And so um, we found ourselves here in Virginia. But even though I am in Virginia and Laura's all the way in Florida, I managed to latch on to every single one of her endeavors um, in life. And so, um, you know, I had this idea for writing a book and uh, I knew that she had lots of um, experience with that. And so I talked to her and she took a chance on me and decided to enter into the publishing world that way. Um, and my book is geared towards, uh, small children because I have two children aged six and four. And, um, I really find that most of my struggles in parenting were not uncommon when it comes to us being Coptic people in, um, the West in America. And I'm sure in Australia, mm. the same struggles come about. And so one day Laura was, um, kind of mentioning that she wanted to start a podcast and wanted to know what we, you know, should she have a co-host, should she not? And so per my usual, I latched on and I said, yes, <laughs> we're going to have a podcast and I'm going to be your co-host and this is what we're going to talk about. And so we decided to kind of see if there was a way that we could bring um, the struggles that we experience more globally to others and for everyone to, to understand that it's not something that they struggle with alone learning to raise our children in the society we live in now as Coptic people. That's amazing. I can't imagine how hard it must be, like, moving around every three years, especially with two little humans in tow. 
we got really fortunate this time that um, my husband was able to get assigned a new assignment, but in the same city, which is unusual. But thank God we didn't have to move this last time. So we just started a new three-year rotation. So we get to stay here for six years in a row, thank God, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And um, just quickly, um, have because I think last time we spoke about this, have you and Laura actually met properly in person? We have, we have, we've met, um, what is it, three times now, Laura, in real life? <laughs> well, I don't know if we can count that second time where you just kind of did a drive-by, but yes. <laughs> okay, okay, yes, yes, <laughs> we we have met in real life three times, but we also, um, it's a lot easier for us because we share so much in common. We're both teachers by trade, um, and we also, you know, are really involved in the Coptic community and it just feels like we have a lot of similar um, ideas slash outlooks on things. So it just it just worked out, and we thank God for that. And yeah, and all the same friends because Madonna is now in in Virginia, in the D.C. area, and I'm from Virginia, the D.C. area. So all of the people that I grew up with now are Madonna's friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> It sounds like it was all meant to be. You guys were meant to be in each other's lives. <laughs> absolutely, <Sure>. absolutely. <laughs> um, so today we're asking you guys to help us a little bit um, because I think it's a very difficult topic to talk about, um, about how to approach fear of pregnancy and parenting. Um, and I think you know, for me, they're kind of two slightly different topics, but definitely combined together. Um, and I think that the thing that I'm going to say at the outset and maybe a little bit, you know, I don't, probably not very comforting, but I think if you're not scared, you're not prepared <laughs> or you just, you're not quite sure what you're in for. <laughs> um, I think a little bit of fear is definitely normal. Um, and I think it's very common. I don't think I've ever met anybody who's kind of been 100%. Yes, I'm in this. I've got this. I'm going to be all over it. Um, so I guess to, to open up, um, just quickly talking about, you know, the, the common fears, what are the things that we commonly see mums and dads parents in general are worried about um, when it comes to parenting and pregnancy. What have you guys, what have you guys found? I feel like there are so many different stages involved and there's a fear or three at every stage. So there's fear when you're first trying to conceive. And then there's the fear in the first three months of miscarriage. And then there's the fear that in the next three months, anything else could go wrong or that you are injured in some way or that, you know, now these days you're, you're scared you're going to get COVID or give it to the baby or who knows what effect it has. You know, every, every stage, both in pregnancy and then, of course, later when you, you birth them and you have to raise them, <laughs> comes with its own fears. And I feel like a lot of those fears are... Um, so how do I put this? I was noticing recently that a lot of the things that we uh, that we think about and obsess about are the things we saw like in films or TV shows. So the thing that's like whatever trope is being used in in whatever you're watching, whatever films or, or TV show or whatever it is, you know, it's like the water breaking in the middle of the restaurant, you know, like things like that. You start to you start to imagine that those are super common or that they're like highly likely to happen to you because look in every movie the water breaks in the middle of a fancy restaurant you know like it must be that this is a real thing that that happens a lot to people um so I think that we've got sort of sometimes a skewed perspective but then of course there are very real fears and there are very real um concerns when you're growing a baby that um that I think we do need to talk about yeah I remember is talking about the water breaking. I remember a lot of the cartoons that we grew up with. Um, 
people would be caught in like quicksand and I started feeling like quicksand was going to be a thing that we would encounter a lot, <laughs> but it's like never happening. And I think you're right that we build up this whole idea of what it's going to be like. But the thing is, is we build up the whole idea in the good and the bad. So Marina, you were saying that you've never met anybody who th felt like they had it together or felt like they knew what they were getting into. Um, I hate to say it, but I was one of those people that you think you never talked to <laughs> um, because I had so much experience with kids. I had so much experience with, you know, from them within, from infancy up to like, you know, teenagers that I said, when I have my own, I already know what I'm going to do. Um, and I set myself up for failure that way <laughs> or not failure, but, you know, struggles that way. So I do think a lot of it is managing our expectations, both the good and the bad. Is this worst case scenario really going to come into being? And is this best case scenario really possible? I think that that is one of the things we need to train ourselves to do in, in everything, not even just pregnancy and motherhood. Yeah, I think, I think you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I finally met somebody who what, did feel prepared, but it is also interesting to hear that you feel like that made things harder <laughs> in the end. So I had like, I had quite a similar background in that, like I uh, going into having um, my first, I had just come off doing like maybe a year and a half of pediatric training. So I had just been around kids and around babies and albeit they were sick and not well but it's almost that feeling of like well if I can deal with it when they're sick then I'll be fine <laughs> when I have them <laughs> to some extent but there were still a lot of things that I was um, fearful of and then going once I went into parenting I realized that actually having your own kids is like a totally different kettle of fish like nothing could have prepared me for that um and I do remember feeling like a little bit angry, like, why didn't anybody tell me about this? Like, why did no one kind of make it clear that this is what the challenges were going to be? Um, and I don't know. I don't know if it's that people were painting an unrealistic expectation of like parenthood and what that would be like or whether I, it was me and I didn't want to listen and I didn't want to take in what people were saying because when I look back, I do feel like, you know, I, I remember an encounter, so, so random, but in a, in a shopping centre with, like, friends from church who um, saw Michael, my husband, and I out, like, close to having um, having our first and they said, you know, enjoy the fact that you can just go to the shops and get, get what you want, like, on a whim. And I was like, what are they talking about? That's not really, like... And I look back now and I'm like, they really were <laughs> warning me. <laughs> um, and so people do, people do warn you, I guess, to some extent. I think the challenge that we kind of want to approach today is, well, how do we approach that? How do we approach that when all we're hearing is the negative or all we're hearing is, you know, this is what's hard and this is what's scary? Um what do we do? I don't know, Marette, what was your experience going into, um, into pregnancy and childbirth like for you? Yeah, I think what you said there, I think summed up my experience perfectly. Why didn't anyone <laughs> tell me? Like I, I remember similarly to Madonna, I, I think I, you know, my pregnancy was pretty, you know, uneventful. Um, you know, I, I didn't really feel much of the stress and anxiety of becoming a mum while I was pregnant. And I think I, I got, we kind of decided to have a kid. It was like lots of circumstances like, okay, yes, I think it's time. It, I didn't really have time to think about it. I, I, I think that's what, that was the problem. Um, but then once I became a mum and I had lots of sort of medical complications after not so much in pregnancy, but I spent months and months in and out of hospitals, plus having to look after a newborn, plus trying to figure out this whole new life, plus trying to figure out who I now was and how to take care of her and my new family. And, and it was just, 
yes, a lot of people may not have had the complications post their pregnancy, but everyone who had a newborn had a newborn and I'm sure the struggles were exactly the same. And I think I felt exactly like that Marina, that in, you know, my entire first year I was, mm-hmm. it, it was hard because I, I felt like there were a lot of people who had kids around me. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I struggling? This can't be normal. Nobody's really told me that it's this hard. So maybe it's me. And so that whole not talking about it, I think, has become an issue um, in a lot of things, you know, to do with motherhood and our, our journey as parents. And to compound on top of that, we're getting this, you know, false narrative from society, from TV, from movies, from whatever we're getting fed, we're, we're almost seeing our struggles, being isolated in our struggles, and then we're adding on top of that everyone else's struggles or how we perceive things through the media. And it just, it, I think it blows up and it becomes much harder to deal with and much harder to attack head on. So I think now we're having the conversation about pregnancy and parenthood just because, you know, so many single girls have reached out, so many young, engaged girls have reached out, girls who have almost made the decision, I don't want to have kids based on what they're seeing or what they're being fed, but also that we're not really talking about the good, the bad, practical tips, how to overcome, that you're not alone, you're not the only one to have this problem. And obviously it's not something you want to bring up you know, oh, I don't want to have kids or, you know, if, if you're never getting married, if that's the case, especially in our community. So it, I think it's important that we have these discussions because it is really isolating. And I think having these thoughts is also really isolating because you feel like you're the only one who feels that way. Everyone in the Coptic community gets married and pops out kids and that's just how it goes. What about me? How do I move past this very real fear? Like I was reading in preparation for this episode And there's a phobia called tocophobia, which is actually the fear of pregnancy and childbirth, which, you know, is treated like any other phobia that needs actual um, therapies to get over. But also there's research into it and it's shown that there are worse birth outcomes if you've got it. Um, So I think this is a really important topic to talk about because this is a very real fear. Yeah, I want to nerd out for a second on that word because I kept looking at it. I was like, what a weird word, tocophobia. <laughs> but I just realized that it's from the same word as theotokos, right? Like the, the bearer of God. So um, tocophobia. And, it, you know, it's so interesting to see that word being used negatively <laughs> when we use it so often positively talking about St. Mary. Yeah, I, among the fears of pregnancy that never materialized for me is morning sickness I don't know about the rest of you but I actually I maybe had one or two days where I felt nauseous but there was no vomiting (laughs) like thank god um other fear but but I had these horrible nightmares no one I don't know if that's true for other people but I have very vivid dreams when I'm pregnant very very vivid frightening dreams like every night I don't know. It's like amazing how it is a very different experience for each person. Um, and and I maybe, Marette, I want to defend the people who don't tell us because, you know, I agree with Marina that they mention it, you know, that they mention it in passing jokingly, like, you know, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that um, you kind of forget. You forget. I don't really, really think about how scared I was when I was pregnant because now I'm terrified they're going to fall off, you know, whatever mountain they're climbing or <laughs> be bullied in school or, you know, you just automatically have like the next set of fears. So you don't really, you know, I, I wish it was more like the Bible verse about like, uh, we rejoice that a child is born into the world and that's why we forget. But often it's because we have something new to worry. <laughs> so, um, so I think it's a really deep, a deep complicated issue and I'm really glad we're talking about it speaking practically too I feel like there was a lot of um people 
it wasn't a lot of people that set up what motherhood was going to be like for me. It was my own family and watching the dynamic in my own house. And um, I remember, you know, I was saying that I, I wasn't worried about having kids. I didn't feel like I was worried about the interactions I would have with my own children. What I was worried about was maintaining a home and having children, working and having children, being a wife and having children. That was the thing that I felt like um, I saw my mother struggle with because I felt like the way that they grew up was the mom was the end-all be-all in the home. They literally did everything in the home. They cooked the meals and they cleaned the house and they raised the kids and they worked the jobs and they were the wives and they were the aunts and the aunties and they did so much that it made me feel like I was never going to live up to that kind of um, well-rounded <laughs> um, person. And until this day, that's something that I struggle with most. And I feel like when I talk to a lot of women now who are afraid of becoming pregnant or becoming mothers in you know after their fear is not really of the kid it's of maintaining their lives while having kids their fear is more how do i maintain my job how do i maintain my home while i am constantly being pulled by these two young people who need me at every corner and um, and I think that's a result of the society that we live in that we keep requiring keeps requiring more of us rather than what's realistic of us yeah I think especially nowadays that you know women are working more and there isn't just that one breadwinner in the family for most families it's it's you know I know here in you know, Australia, the cost of living is so high that you feel it. You know, if you drop a day of work or if if you take maternity leave like I am on at the moment, you feel the financial strain um, because it's just so expensive uh, to live in, in Australia. And now this idea of the mum carrying everything I think yes it's still very prevalent we still see it we especially see it within our families and in our community and I think that's it freaks young girls out like it's it's almost like well I don't I don't really want this I've got a, mm. a budding career I love my job I'm just breaking into whatever and and yes I do want to get married and you know maybe I want to have kids but if it comes with losing myself in the process sometimes that's a a trade-off that is is too high a price to pay um you know and we did get a question come through um where someone has asked is it wrong to never want kids you know um what's what do you guys think about that we're talking obviously from uh, our beliefs um, and within, you know, the Coptic Orthodox tradition and culture. What do you guys think in terms of making the decision quite early on for whatever reason? Um, we're not really going to delve into that, but just deciding whether it's fear of kids or fear of pregnancy or fear of losing yourself doesn't matter. What do you guys think about this this stand of not wanting to have kids and making that decision? You know, I attended a marriage conference, uh, was it last week? And there was one of the talks was about kids as a way of salvation. It talked about marriage as a way of salvation. And then it talked about kids as a way of salvation. And of course, in this marriage conference, there were some um, couples there who did not have kids. And so after all the parents asked all of their questions one girl stood up and was like excuse me I just want to know what if we don't know if we want to have kids is that okay is that wrong is that against you know everything that we believe I've heard a lot of people saying that it's it's wrong because God created us for that purpose you know or the why did he do that you know unless he wanted something from us 
And I remember that the archdeacon that gave the talk at first kind of was like, I don't think it's about whether it's wrong or right. You want to think first, why did God include us in the process of creation? Why did he make us a part of it to begin with? And what's your reason for not wanting the kids? Is it because it's getting in the way of your life? Is it because of an actual fear of something that could actually happen? And, And so therefore, like maybe there's a medical complication and therefore there's a reason that you're afraid to have the kids. Maybe it's because you're worried about how it's going to affect your life and you want to reevaluate why. And I think that the, the takeaway was there's not going to be a hard and fast rule about whether it's right or whether it's wrong, but rather evaluate why you're saying no. And a lot of it just comes down to your own fear of what you expect is going to happen as a result of having kids. It's such a tricky thing though because it's not, for, for me, where I struggle mentally is, and, and I'm, I'm going to be very open and say this is not something that I struggled with at all. Like I always knew that was something that I wanted to do. So um, I'm speaking from a place where I, of like inexperience. Um, but it is a decision that you make that actually impacts on somebody else quite significantly. It impacts on on the person that you choose to be with and that you choose to, to marry. And I think that's where it gets really um, hard and really difficult because you're not making a unilateral decision that is only going to affect you. So I guess the question is, how do you, how do you process that? What, what, what do you do with that? Um, particularly in the case where you're someone who like if if this is something that's quite debilitating for you how do you process that how do you move through that um you know marina my listen i'm gonna say this and my husband would say this himself he shares this my husband was one of those people who never wanted kids not because he didn't like kids but because his and this is a common one is the world is so bad why would I want to bring a child into this and have them experience the hardship and have them experience just the the awfulness of people in the world and everything. And one of the things, and that was one of the things that the Archdeacon that gave our talks mentioned was name a time when the world wasn't bad. Name a time when there wasn't problems in the world and name a time when it was like easy to have children It may have been easy in some ways, but it was still hard in other ways. And there's always been wars and there's always been famine and there's always been droughts and there's always been things going on in the world. It's never stopped God from bringing his own son into the world. So why would it stop us from continuing the cycle of life that that God provided us with? And I'm not saying that to diminish the fear or to say that you're not founded in in the you know worry of bringing a child into this world. As I'm raising my kids, of course I'm worried about everything that goes on in the world. But that's kind of why we need people like us to have kids to offset what's happening. Not offset it in that we're going to solve it, but so that there is the good people that we need in the world to to spread the light of God. The quote that always comes to mind for me is I was just telling Awuda this yesterday is that it's um, easier to raise a whole man than fix a broken one and it of course applies to both men and women but that you know if if you have or if you're emotionally healthy and you have a, a lovely household you're almost obligated to bring some many as many people as you can into the world (laughs) and I like what Madonna said to offset (laughs) to offset um you know people who may not have been as blessed as you in their upbringing and I think that aside from all that like I think I'm going back to Marette's question I'm of two minds one is you should do exactly what you want with your life and two, you should definitely have children. <laughs> I, I have more than one friend who, you know, delayed having children for a long time. And 
to me, it was just driving me crazy because all I want is like, I want to clone this person. Like, do you not see that? Like, I love you so much. I need as many of you as possible. <laughs> you know, there need to be many of you in the world. We need to fill the world with people as sweet as you. And so, um, I, you know, I wish that we had a couple of those, you know, we had a few people we need to ask them later, you know, like, I'm sure that they're happy with their decision to delay having kids. I'm sure that they felt that they ran their life well. But at the same time, I would love to hear from those people, like, were the things that were holding them back about having children, did they really come to fruition? Like, was it real in the end? Was it really worth it to wait that many years? You feel like you wish you had these kids earlier. I, don't, I just love my kids so much. Like, I am so happy I had them right away. I'm so happy that I have all of these days to spend with them. And I don't know, I just think, I just, I love kids. I think kind of in the Marina and Madonna, and I, maybe I'm sure Marette too, but like, I really love kids. And I think, <laughs> oh no, okay. <laughs> okay. We're going to hear from Marette. Apparently. We'll get, we'll get to that. <laughs> but I just like, kids are the best. They're way better than adults. Like there's, the world should be filled with children. <laughs> that is my opinion. <laughs> we, we were just watching the movie, cheaper by the dozen uh, with a bunch of family um, and for those of you who don't know cheaper by the dozen is a movie the original not the new one is about having a family that has 12 kids and you know Abuna turned to me and he's like I'm sorry I let you down because he knows I wanted to have 10 and he was like two that's the cap <laughs> but I'm I yeah I am all the way on the have lots of children vote <laughs> Coming from, look, I'll, I'll give you, I guess, the other <laughs> end of that. Um, I personally, you know, I always knew, I kind of always, like Marina, like I, I knew I was going to, I wanted to get married, eventually maybe have kids, but it really depended on who I married because if they didn't push, I would have been like, oh, I don't know if I really want kids. Um, and so I you know, kids, I don't know if Marina would remember, but, you know, if we went on camps and we were always in charge of the kids club and, you know, because we were medical students, the first aid, we were like the Anyway, and I, I, those camps gave me so much stress and I, I just hated it. I didn't enjoy any bit of it. It was just there was just so many kids. I don't know how to really talk to kids. So like if you talk to my daughter, she's four and she talks like a full grown adult and that's how she spoke from two two years old because I just I just don't know. I just don't know how you speak to children. It's not in me. Um, and so I always, you know, freaked out. I, it, you know, I've got a chronic illness and I'm like, if I have kids, I'm going to pass that on. It's that fear of uncertainty, that fear of badness that we were saying, um, that Madonna, you brought up. It just, and I don't feel like my desire was strong enough to overcome that, you know, worry about bringing up a kid who'd have to suffer with something because of me and then having to live with that guilt. As well as that, you know, in medicine, as a, as a doctor, your career really your study doesn't end. And so my thing was always like finish my training, get into a specialty program, finish that, and then if the eggs allow, we'll have kids. Um, God had a completely different plan. And at this stage, I'm not finishing my specialty training for many, many years. <laughs> um, but I feel like I could have very well been that person that just didn't you know, may have delayed or maybe not at all. And if it really wasn't for my husband who was, you know, like you, Laura, he wants a soccer team. I've I've put an end to that very quickly. That's not going to happen. Um, you know, if it wasn't for him and his love and his encouragement and his providing me with that safe space to like, yes, talk about my fears, but we talk about it together and then kind of just pray and, and make it, um, leave it in God's hands. Honestly, I don't know what would have happened. Um, but in the end, I feel like God needed me to be a mum to get to know him. I feel like my whole years prior to becoming a mum, 
I knew God at face value at best, you know, not even. And I, I, I've only still just scratched the surface with my relationship with him. But if I didn't become a mum, I don't know what that relationship would have been like. It would have been face value for the rest of my life, thinking that I'm, I'm doing okay. When in reality, I had no idea who he was. I, you know, I, I don't even, I, I don't, he, I didn't even know me by the looks of things. Like I, I needed motherhood to present to me who God really is and who he is for me and who I'm meant to be. I feel like, you know, I've struggled so much of my life up until the point of becoming a mum, where I'm supposed to go, where he needs me to be. And, at, you know, right now I'm like, he needs me to be a mum. What happens after that is up to him. And what happens through my motherhood is also up to him. But this is where I know I'm meant to be. I've almost found my purpose in my motherhood, you know, and I'm saying this stuff and I'm like, if past me heard me talking like this, <laughs> like it, she'd be shocked. <laughs> it would not be like something I would have expected ever because I, I'd never thought I could love being a mom so much. I never thought I could really find my passion in my motherhood. Like I'm passionate about being a mom. I, I love it. And like you, Laura, like I love my kids. And I can't imagine my life without them. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to think about a time when I didn't know if I wanted them. That that freaks me out because now that I've met them, I'm like, there is nobody better in this world. And I can't imagine not having met you. So, yes, I, I think I'm of the same minds as Laura. <laughs> like I, I really do believe it is totally okay to not want kids. I think... God created Eve to be a companion for Adam. And, yes, the, the commandment came later to go forth and multiply, but initially they were made for each other. They were made for companionship and for love and for a union. And that's marriage. We're not really, you know, it's, it's not that you have been forced into marriage to have children. That's not the primary objective. So, yeah, sure, do what you want. But you want to meet your kids. You want to meet them so bad. And if God's given you, you know, the ability to bear children and the ability to, to raise kids, um, then, uh, you know, it might be hard and you might not want to picture it. You might not want to be a mum or a dad, but you do. <laughs> you will. Um but, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you, Laura. I'm kind of like do what you want, for sure do what you want, but you really want to have kids. <laughs> that was something that exactly where I wanted to go is I was going to ask, you know, but have you seen God unless you've seen your kids? And I want to put a disclaimer out there and say for those that want to become mothers but are struggling to become mothers and think that it may never happen for whatever reason, know that – God knows what he's doing. It's not like God was not is not going to be revealed to you unless you have children. That's not how God works. We know that he's above and, and greater than all of that. But in terms of people who do have their children and then they, they saw that it was, you know, hard, you know, there's nothing, no one's going to lie to you and tell you that it's easy. There's nothing about this that is easy, but we also know that it can be worth it. And, um, one of the things that I think a lot of people that I have talked to struggle with when it comes to contemplating motherhood is also just keeping up appearances physically. You know, like the way that their body changes, being worried about how it's going to affect them. Even in Marette, like you were saying, health conditions, but also, um, you know, are am I going to be bigger now? Am I in my body going to change in these weird ways that I'm not going to recognize myself? And the answer is yes, it is going to change. And I think a lot of the times we glorify and we go up to people and we say, wow, you don't look like you've had kids. And I don't know why that's a compliment. Even though, yes, I love that you, you, you're beautiful, right? But why is it a compliment to tell somebody you don't look like you've had kids? Can you imagine walking to somebody and saying, you don't look like you've seen Christ. You don't look like you know God. That would be such an insult, right? That would be such a bad thing. 
yes, your body is going to reflect what you've been through just and and you've been through a lot, but your body's also going to reflect the spiritual changes that you're going to go through in motherhood. And people should be saying to you, you're so different now because you have changed. This is a good change. This is a good different. And you can let it be bad if you want, but you don't have to be. I was talking to somebody um, this past weekend at a bridal shower. She's been dating some man for about two years now. And she said, look at how many failed marriages are in our church now. Look at how many people are not surviving. And everybody keeps asking me, when are you going to get married? Why would I get married? And I responded to her and I said, there's a lot of people who go swimming and they drown. It's not a good thing, right? But there's a lot of people who go swimming and enjoy it. I'm not going to let somebody's drowning dictate my enjoyment of swimming ever again. I My story doesn't have to be their story and my struggles don't have to be their struggle. Does that mean it's going to be without struggle? No, but I can become something great of it. I can I can find joy. I don't want the fear of what could happen prevent me from the joy that I the joy that I could be experiencing. And that's one thing that I really want Ma, the the young women out there that are thinking about whether or not they want to do this. You've spent a lot of time convincing yourself of the bad. Have you spent time convincing yourself of the good that could come of this and the joy that could come of this? I think you're right though Madonna you touched on something then where a lot of and a lot of our fears actually stem from how parenting and parenthood is are, go, is, are going to affect us as individuals. Um, you know, giving up my freedom, giving up my body, giving up my time. Um, there are a lot of factors to consider when it comes to, you know, how we're going to be affected personally. And I was kind of like, you know, as, as we were chatting, like thinking, well, how do we overcome that? How do we, how do we deal with that? And I think for me, my personal experience has been that God has used, and again, I I agree, Madonna, like God uses whatever situation you're in to purify and to change us and to make us into who we want to be. But for me, that path was motherhood and I can definitely look back and say you know I always thought I was like full full um complete disclosure (laughs) you know I always thought I was a patient person and then I had kids I thought I was a kind person and then I had kids I thought that you know there wasn't much that could phase me and I was pretty easygoing and then I had kids (laughs) and it's like God used my children and this is not to scare people because when he shows you your weaknesses he builds you up and he he uses his power and his strength to transform your weaknesses into a way for you to see how he can change you he can transform you he can renew you but I didn't even know that these were things that I was deficient in um until I became a parent um and so Yes, we might be scared about how children are going to affect our lives, but why is that? Is it that we've placed ultimate value on comfort? Is that we've idolized comfort and comfort's the most important thing to us? Well, then we need to reflect on that and say, okay, well, why, why have I, why am I doing that? Am I, is it because, you know, um, we've seen our, our own families, our own parents come you know go through things and you're rightly terrified of having to go through that yourself you're rightly you know a challenge to see the good when your your own personal experience has been so bad um I think there are a lot of different reasons and so I think when we sit with ourselves and we try and work out what is it that I'm like you were saying right at the beginning Madonna like what is it that I'm so afraid of is it is it that I'm idolizing comfort and I think if that's the case then there's a lot of self-reflection that has to be had there and you might reach the conclusion in the end that you still don't want children and that's you know fine but but I think it is important to use that as a tool for reflection 
and and to say okay what what is it that i'm really scared of and is this something that is that i need to work on basically i love that you've touched on that marina because i think if we're having these fears these anxieties before anything even starts then i think that's a sign for me to come to the conclusion that okay it's not the right time to have a child right now I need to work on this like I need to work on me I need to work on this fear what's the root of it where you know how how, I need to change essentially I need to like you said go into a period of self-reflection and and hopefully come out the other end with a bit of a bit more clarity um, and maybe less fear because you've decided the direction you want to go so it could be a sign that this is not necessarily the the perfect time to throw a kid in the works to exacerbate the anxiety and make matters a whole lot worse I think that period of self-reflection and prayer and really just casting all your care on him because he does care for us and he does want the best for us and you know there's no one else who wants the best for us like he does so I think that's a very important um, thing to think about. You know, if I'm in this period of, of real worry over something that hasn't happened or is not close or, you know, if I'm one of those single girls worried about pregnancy now, like, you know, it's not the right time. It's time for self-reflection, time for prayer, time to improve your relationship with God and let him guide you, let him tell you where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to do um, and which direction you're supposed to kind of travel in in this life journey. And I'll just read a a quote. Um, I read it a while back. Uh, It was It's from a um, psychologist called Dr. Elliot Cohen, um, and it was published in in an article from a Psychology Today magazine many years ago. And he talks about this fear of uncertainty. uh, And I'll read it out so I don't butcher it and do it an injustice. He says, this is the fear that if you don't manage to control the outcome of future events, something terrible will happen. The crux of the problem is the demand for certainty in a world that is always tentative and uncertain. It is precisely this unrealistic demand that creates the anxiety. You think that you must accurately predict and manage the future, not just have some probabilistic and uncertain handle on it. It is this contradiction between the demand for certainty and the reality of uncertainty that will continuously play out again and again without resolution unless you give up the demand for certainty. If you don't have to control the outcome, if you do not expect to predict with certainty what is by its nature uncertain, if you don't expect to solve a contradiction, then you are free to relax. It is you who must concede for reality won't give up its uncertainty for you. And that last part, it's just, it's true. It is me who must concede. This world is not going to, like Madonna said, it's not going to stop being bad. It's not going to stop being uncertain. You know, we don't know what the future holds, regardless whether it's pregnancy or or parenting or everything in life. We don't know. And if I'm hung up on something that I will never know because I want to control things and I want answers and I need to plan, then I'm, I'm not going to be able to do anything because I'm just going to be paralysed by this anxiety that I have created because I am unwilling to concede. Um, and, and just a caveat, we're not talking about, you know, true anxiety disorders and mental health um, issues. This is purely as a mum and, and I'm a perfectionist and I like to control things. That's me. <laughs> That's a confession from me. I like to plan and I don't like this uncertainty of the world really don't it stresses me out on a daily basis but it is me it is I who must concede because the world's not just going to be like oh oh you want answers no worries let me tell you what's coming up in a week let me tell you what child you're going to have and what's going to happen um so it's just a really powerful quote but I think it's something that we must also think about um because this need for control I think it's a universal thing (laughs) Um, 
and it becomes heightened when you become a mum and then you want control not just for you but now for all these kids that you've brought into the world. (laughs) If I could add another um, piece of practical advice to the single people listening or to the married couples who are still considering if they want to toe this line of of parenthood, Um, one of the things that really helped me and helped those around me was considering who I'm spending my time with now. Who am I surrounding myself with now? So if I want to start a business, I'm not going to surround myself with people who are struggling to make ends meet and don't want to move forward with their lives. I'm going to try to find people who have already forged the path. I'm going to try to find people who have experience and who I enjoy where they turned out in life. And I'm going to ask them and I'm going to get advice from them. And I'm going to see how do I manage my expectations for this endeavor in this way. It matters who you surround yourself with because if you're surrounding yourself with people who are feeding into your fears and worries and giving you all the reasons that you're going to be scared instead of also giving you ways to manage them because you don't want to surround yourself with people who are going to lie to you, right? Um, Just like Marina was saying, people are going to warn you and you have to be able to take heed. But it's not about um, whether or not they're going to tell you the truth. It's about what are they doing to help you or what are they doing to build you up and prepare you? And um, so when I found, when I knew that I was going to be a mother, I immediately looked towards the people in my community that I wanted to be like, the people that I wanted to emulate. And I, I'm really good at this apparently, latched onto them. <laughs> and I said, take me under your wing and tell me, how do I prepare myself? And they managed to make me feel so much better. And here's the thing that I think also is a fear for many people. Having children is a long-term commitment. You can't go back. There's no refunds. You can't decide you don't want it anymore on your own terms, right? That doesn't work. And I think that that can be scary knowing that this is now something that's a part of your life forever. And that's why it's even more important that you find your village of people who are also either trying to get on this path with you or have already been there and at the end and they're at the light at the end of the tunnel and can help you pull you through it. So think about also who you can be with during this journey and how can they help you. I think that is something that I wish somebody would have told me and I ended up figuring out, but I wish somebody would have told me that from the get-go. Just another question to throw into the mix. Um, For some people, the fear of you may have had one child and had quite a complicated postpartum course um, or suffered from postpartum depression or anxiety. Um, And that can be really scary thinking about having more kids after that. Um, How, how do we approach that? How do you overcome that? I guess. Um, And, and do you need to overcome it? I was that person. I had extremely serious postpartum depression after my first child, and I swore I will never have another one. I swore that they would never, I would never make this, and I, I'm using air quotes, this mistake <laughs> again, because that's how I felt at the time, and I felt it deeply. And I remember that I had this ideal that I would not have an only child, and I felt trapped because I didn't want my child to be an only child but I also did not want to to broach this subject again. I could not see myself going through this again. And it was so bad, you guys. I even, talking about your village, I emailed all the moms that I knew that had multiple children. And I said, how did you know that you needed another child or that you wanted another child? How did you know it was time? And I got back just a plethora of responses of people saying, you know, don't think about it, just do it, you won't regret it. And then there were some people that are like, think and pray. And then there were people that were like, I don't know, I can't tell you if you can have another child or not, just whatever. Um, and I will say that I am ultimately glad for many, many reasons that I had another child. First, because I did not experience the same thing twice. That will not always be the case for everybody, but I did not experience the same thing twice. But secondly, I did get through it. 
so why if I even did go through it again why would I not go through it why would I not get through it a second time or a third time or a fourth time yes it can be complicated yes it can be hard yes it wasn't pleasant there were times that I was sure that I had made the biggest mistake of my life by having a child and I even contemplated where do I give this child who do I give this child to because I am not fit to be this person's mother um that's how bad that it got but I am not there now and I am so thankful for God's wisdom in allowing me to have another child because it was probably the best thing that I did for myself and for my family was to continue and push through. And I think you, you know, having gone through it once, you you put lots of safeguards in place the second time around and you are much more self-aware and you speak up a bit more. I mean, some obviously it's different for everyone, but personally, like I, I was able to speak up a lot earlier and say, you know, I, I'm at the end, I'm nearing the end of my rope. You know, I need X, Y, Z so that I'm not in the same place again. And so I think it comes with as hard as the struggle is, or was, you know, is for whoever's listening and is currently going through it. It is hard and you almost don't see that things will get better. You can't appreciate that life goes on afterwards. You can't appreciate that you can continue and you can carry on and you definitely can't appreciate that somehow this experience is being used for God's glory or this experience is refining you in some way. You can't see it. You can't appreciate that, let alone have somebody throw the thought in of having a second kid. Like that's not an option. Like you have no idea what's happening right now. Please don't talk about more kids. This is the whole problem this is the whole reason and you can't you you can't picture it you can't appreciate it so if you're in this this pit focus on improving and getting better now that's like ignore everyone else's pressure or you know reasoning for having more or whatever ignore it because you can't afford that to compound on what you're feeling right now so work on yourself get better do what you need to do to get better for you firstly and then for your kids and your family. Do it. You need to get better. And, and then. Erase, yep. Sorry, I was going to say so, and erase this idea of a timeline. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Ignore it completely. You're not in a, in, a, in a place to think about that. Once you've come out the other side, and you will come out the other side by the grace of God, if you work hard, as hard as that sounds, but by the grace of God, when you come out the other side and you can look back at that person and, and actually reflect, you will be able to put the safeguards in place if you do decide you want a second kid. You will be able to be a bit more self-aware the second time around. You will be able to kind of, you know, retrospectively look back and say this is all that I, I could have this, you know, could have been done earlier or could have been done differently or I could have, you know, it committed to, you will have that self-awareness that you can't picture yourself having right now. So I think ignore the need, and I want to put that in air quotes, or, or the, the need that's being pushed on you to have more kids. Ignore the timeline like Madonna's saying. Focus on improving and getting better. Focus on being able to see that light at the end of the tunnel again and when you're there then you can start thinking about this stuff and if you do I promise you you will have a deeper understanding of yourself and a deeper appreciation for your kids and your life and in you and how much you've gone through and how strong you've come out and you'll be able to put the safeguards in place necessary for if you were to go you know, fall pregnant again and have another kid. I would also add 
everything that Moret just said applies if there are currently problems in your marriage. So if your marriage is currently unstable and that you're currently trying to work through, maybe you, neither of you are good at communicating or something is like seriously off, no, the child is not going to fix that. So work your way through healing that first step. Take your time. It's not a problem. You can figure it out. Um, and then when you're ready and you've done your own individual and couple's reflection, now is the time to think about the child and bring the child into the world. I, you know, you don't have to wait until everything is perfect. No marriage is perfect. But if you know that things are not stable and things are not going well yet, then you need to wait. You need to wait on that kid because the added stress of a child is a real thing. It's it's like having another project. You know, if you're if you've got a current project and it's not going well, you don't start another big project. You make sure you've you fix the first project and get it going first. And going back to uh, what we were saying about um, you know, just make sure that I'm it's always bringing in the happy children. Uh, I remember, and I love that Amrit used this word shock. I remember being shocked at how much my mother did for me when I had my child the first year. And I was like, I cannot believe that mom did this. And I cannot believe she did it four times. <laughs> and just, you know, in addition to our sudden, very deep appreciation of God's love for us, there is also the, the sudden, very deep understanding of what our parents had to do to get us to this age. <laughs> I'm going to share the silliest example, but every single time I looked at pictures of myself when I was younger, my hair was a raggedy mess, okay? My hair was a raggedy mess and when we were in the house. And I remember being like, Mom, like, why didn't you ever brush my hair? Why would why did I walk around like this? And it wasn't until I had my own little girl who is now walking around in her own raggedy mess of hair <laughs> that I am like, it was not because my mom didn't want to. It was because that is her own human being who will tell you no. And it is tough to get them to do anything. And I know my mom is like happily smiling in her bed at night, like finally my child sees what she put me through because, <laughs> and I don't mean that to scare all the people that want to have kids. If you are a problem child and you know you are a problem <laughs> child and you're worried that you will also have a problem child, you probably will have a problem child, but <laughs> it's for the good, I promise. It's for the good. Just like Laura said, you will have the appreciation for your parents and you yourself, are, you're going to grow out of this in a way you never imagined. I have never looked so naked in front of a mirror before until I had my children. And then I realized that, boy, I had a lot that I needed to work on and a lot that I needed to do. And I was putting up a wall between me and God that I didn't know I had. And if it wasn't for my kids revealing those weak points to me, forget it. I would have I would have never seen God the way that I do now, just like you were saying earlier, Marette. I think that kind of is a nice way to bring this to a close. Um, and I, I think the mentality that hopefully we've left everyone with is even if things don't go my way, God is in control and all things work together for good to those who love God. And even if something bad happens or I'm no longer in control of the certain or the uncertain, like we said, you know, or even if something bad happens here in this life on this earth, I know that God loves and cares for me and my kids and my future kids and, you know, my hypothetical kids more than I can ever comprehend. And, you know, if we've left you with anything, hopefully it's, we shouldn't be in control. Um, this is all in his hands and we need to relinquish that control and give that up to him so that we can see his wondrous works right before our eyes. And honestly, like we've all seen it in our kids and, I, you know, I look at my daughter and I'm like, how? Like you are a completely separate person from me and my husband. You are 
completely your own being and and it's remarkable and you you know to be able to see god's work in your pregnancy god's hand sorry at work in your pregnancy and in your childbirth and in your kids you know it's a beautiful thing and it's just about giving up that control and letting him run the show so that he can show you his glory um, this is a very hard topic, like we said. It's you know we've we've kind of just only scratched the surface, and I'm sure there are so many fears that we didn't even mention, so many questions we weren't even able to answer. Hopefully, we've just opened up the floor for this discussion to be had or this conversation to be had. Um, you know, and as always, please reach out to us if there's anything um, you want to hear or anything more that maybe we didn't cover. You can reach out to Madonna or Laura. Um, through Coptic Dad and and Mum, their podcast is Raising Up Cops and it's on the website, on the blog, and it's also on Upper Room Media. And as always, you can reach us through Instagram, so the underscore mami, M-A-M-I underscore village. Facebook is just mami, or if you know us personally, like we said, very open to stalking, feel free to, you know, show up at our doorstep and ask us the hard questions. Um, And, you know, if if there's any any specific um, topic that you want to hear, please reach out to us and we'll try our best to um, maybe rope Madonna and Laura into another episode, hint, hint. Um, you know, please reach out and let us know. Uh, and, it, you know, we just want people to be having these conversations. We just want this to become almost the norm for us. Um, and we don't want these conversations to be hidden or you know, silent or people to suffer in secret. We're all going through our own struggles. You're not alone. Um, And this fear of pregnancy and fear of parenting, I feel like we haven't really touched the parenting part, but maybe maybe that could be our part too, guys. We'll we'll talk about it offline. (laughs) Um, But we, you know, we're all, we've all got these fears. You are not the only one who you know, has a fear of having kids or falling pregnant or complications. We are all struggling with giving up control in whatever way or form. Um, so please know you're not alone. Please start having these conversations. If you're not ready to have conversations with other people around you, please open up to someone, slide into our DMs, get to know us. We'll get to know you. Hopefully we can help each other out. We're building a community here. Um, So please reach out to either us or the lovely ladies from the US. But guys, thank you so, so much for hopping on and talking to us. And just to give everyone a bit of a background, it's seven, it was 7am when we started recording their time, 9pm our time. So it's, it's really the only time we can get together (laughs) online. So thank you so, so much. I, 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 if your mornings are even half as chaotic as my mornings here with school and baby, I, you know, thank you. <laughs> it's a big <laughs> sacrifice from your part. So thank you so much for joining us. We love being on with you guys. I feel like I, we said this last time on our podcast and now I just, I feel like we're besties. <laughs> we're best friends for sure. <laughs> it's good stuff. Thank you for having us, you guys. And thank you to all the listeners too. For sure. So thank you guys again. And everyone will catch you next time on our episodes. Bye.